Wonderful. Great to be here this morning. Uh, my shirt is a bit creased because I wore my rucksack on my bike to get here because of the road closures, except they treated me like a car. So I don't know what that says about my bike, but um, I was, uh, I, like most of you, maybe made here on foot or on other sources of transport. Um, I'm got the, I've got the privilege of starting our new uh, series called Your People, and uh, we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks the key relationships in your life and how God asks us to love them. We all have different relationships in our lives, and how we navigate those relationships and put God first in them is going to be the focus of our times together. We've got, we're going to be looking at um, relationships, single and dating. It's next week. If you're here and single and want to date, that's going to be a good one next week. And if you aren't in that category, please come anyway. This will be good. We have Linda coming to speak to us. We're also looking at parents. We're looking at marriage. We're looking today at friendships. So we're looking at how Jesus transforms these relationships and how we have a different way of carrying out those friendships because of our connection to God as well. So we're looking forward to that over the next few weeks. So my first, the first one and my topic for today is your people, your friendships or your friends. Now, when, if you were to think about your friends right now, how many close friends would you say that you have? Not, <laughs> none. Oh dear. Hopefully this message will help with that. What about good friends or acquaintances? According to Dunbar, the professor of psychology at Oxford University who developed a theory about friendships, a person on average may have about 500 acquaintances, 150 meaningful contacts, 50 friends, and 15 good friends. But the tightest circle of friends a person usually has is around five people or less. Maybe your direct family or a few close friends. Now, in this day and age, I imagine we may have more acquaintances with Facebook and Insta. We have many more acquaintances and contacts, but less, well, fewer true friends. And today, I want to be speaking about this close friendship or true friendship or deep friendship. I have a lot of books on my shelf or shelves, but I do not have one book on friendship now, there's friendship or topics that relate to friendships in some of them, but one book on friendship I do not have. So I was struggling to prepare. Fortunately, there are some good books out there, and there's some books specifically on friendship. Dale Carnegie, anyone know the famous book on friendship he wrote? How to Win Friends and Influence People. Now, I didn't take too much from that today because I, I want us to be looking at a few other sources of inspiration for this talk, and, and they will be... C.S. Lewis, the Proverbs, and Jesus. How about that? That's a good list. In no specific order. <laughs> they are the people we're going to be drawing from as we, as we look at this issue. And uh, C.S. Lewis wrote a book called The Four Loves. And in it, he describes the different types of love. So in, when we read our Bible, we read the word love. It's just one word, love. But the Greek has different words for that love. So there's different um, aspects of love. There's love that's friendship or philia. There's love that's uh, laying down your life for others, that comradeship, that agape love. There's also eros, that love. So there's different words for love. But interestingly, C.S. Lewis roots his discussion or his treatise on friendship around love. And I think that's really important that we see that, that friendship, deep friendship, close friendship, 
is ultimately about love, laying your lives down for one another. It has a profound meaning. C.S. Lewis writes, To the ancients, friendship seemed the happiest and most fully human of all loves, the crown of life and the school of virtue. The modern world, in comparison, ignores it. Friendships are valuable and important. I'm sure you are sitting here and you don't have to, me to spend five minutes talking about the value of friendships or the importance of them, so I'm not going to do that. They're also a powerful force in our lives, a bit like electricity. They can do so much good and also a lot of harm. In Proverbs it says we're to choose our friendships wisely. The righteous choose their friends carefully. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. That's pretty strong language there from the writer of Proverbs. That's Proverbs 12, 26, if you're making notes. And maybe you're here and you're just very aware of being burned by a friendship, maybe a close friend being let down. When you love, when you give yourself, there's always that, op- that opportunity for you to be hurt and burned. And that's the challenge of friendship is when you give, when you are vulnerable, the potential is there for you to be taken um, to be taken what's the word to be taken what's the word advantage of that's what I was going to say to be taken care of no that's not the point taken advantage of and so friendships for some of you may be a little bit charged it may be a little bit painful and um, I think at t- from time to time I think we all ask that question do I have any good friends Julie and I were talking just a few, I think it was a few months back, and a statement came out, something like this, we don't, have any, we don't have any friends. Of course, we do have friends, but what we were meaning was close friends, or we haven't seen people, haven't had people around for a while, or there's an element where we need close friendships in our lives. We desperately need them for our lives. And I think where I want to take this message, and I was listening to a number of different podcasts and messages on friendship and I felt that some of them didn't go far enough or challenge the audience enough and so if you permit me I'm going to do that today because I think if we want to have close friendships if we want to have deep friendships it's up to us to make the first move it's on to us to love to give to step forward to make the time it's not a passive receiving of friendship in the Bible it talks about love one another that is active But it doesn't say just receive love from each other. It's an active love. And so my whole message is framed around this command that Jesus says to us, love one another. Now I realize that that phrase has many different meanings in many different types of love. But today on friendship, love one another is the root to deep and lasting and close friendships. Number one, shared interests and shared friends. Friendship must be about something, C.S. Lewis says, even if it were only an enthusiasm for dominoes or white mice. You can tell he's been writing in a different, not century, but, oh yeah, I guess a different century. (laughs) It's a different century. It is. Those, normally you say that, and it's not actually a different century. Actually, this is. Um, those who have nothing can share nothing. Those who are not going, it, those who are going nowhere. That was interesting. I kept reading that. I think C.S. Lewis wouldn't write that. Those who are going nowhere 
can have no fellow travelers. Brilliant, isn't it? Real wisdom. And I think the, sim- the simple statement that I'm going to make is that, that friendships are birthed and forged over common interests, common loves, common desires. Whether it be dominoes, white mice, whether it be golf, whether it be board games, whether it be crocheting, whether it be walking, whether it be a love of trains or aeroplanes or anything you can think of, a shared interest. Karate, something that we do that we share with one another. This is a way that we forge friendship. So it's important that we have things to share with other people. I love that. It was very challenging. Those who have nothing can share nothing. <laughs> I'm thinking, ah, oh, I think a challenge for us for friendships, and one of the things we can do is actually have a hobby. Do something. Get something that you can share and do with others. I think that's a great way to get involved with our community. Run, cycle, walk, or litter pick, or something that you can... No? Not run, cycle, walk? Somebody, somebody shaking their heads. No? All right. So anything you can do to just have an interest, have something that you do to share with someone else. And your friendship will grow as you share that task or that hobby together. Jesus spent time with his disciples and he called them his friends. He lived with them, they traveled on the road, they shared everything together. And ultimately they shared the mission, what Jesus had called them into. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus had a mission. He wanted to bring his disciples along a journey, helping them how to share his love with others, bring the kingdom of God, and be like him. So they were changed and grew in their friendship as they shared uh, things in common. I I don't know whether you've had the chance to um, see The Chosen. It's a great, um, great, great, it's like a series, a Netflix binge watch that I'll say, Go it, do it every day, five times a day, watch it. It just gets into your soul, that heart of Jesus and his disciples. It's a wonderful, of course, it's artistic license. I'm not saying that's exactly what happened, but it, it, they've captured some of the camaraderie and the feel together as these people develop their friendship. And it didn't start, they didn't start as close friends. They built their friendship. And you see the friendships developing, the intimacy between Jesus and John, that closer friendship. Jesus had 12 disciples but he also had three closer disciples that he shared more with, that he brought with them up to the Mount of Ascension where he was glorified. And those three were able to see him in his glory. So even Jesus had close friends within good friends. So there's precedent for that in the life of Jesus. Jesus is our greatest example of friendship that we can have. So shared interests, common interests. I think... Um, <laughs> Walking um, together is, is great because we are side by side. And uh, I want to have uh, an example now of um, C.S. Lewis and his, the way he describes the, a friendship love. And so I'm going to ask Julie to come up. It's my wife, Julie, and Matt as well. <laughs> Matt, if you'd like to come over here. Great. And um, now... C.S. Lewis describes um, eros, or love, as being face-to-face. So this is lovers, face-to-face. Don't worry, this is PG. (laughs) Matt? (laughs) This is eros, or love, and this is between lovers. This is face-to-face. And when he talks to about friendship or filia love, he talks about (laughs) side-by-side. Not face-to-face like lovers, but friendships is side-by-side. 
And I don't know if you realize this, I need another friend, Alan Gibson, you are my friend as well. Come on down, Alan. Don't take too long about it. I know this is your swan song, but <laughs> great. Stand side by side. If you notice, there's no room for Alan in face to face. There's no room. But side by side, room for friends. Thank you, everyone. Don't sit down. Now, this is really great because the other thing I want to talk about, not just shared interests, but shared friends. This is important because we can bring in others to the friendship. And actually, our friendships are made the richer because we have multiple friends together. Romantic relationships, eros, is exclusive. Friendships are inclusive. Another quote from C.S. Lewis. True friendship is the least jealous of loves. Two friends delight to be joined by a third. Right? Two friends love having a third and a fourth. Then... They can say, as the blessed souls in Dante, here come, here come, oh, uh, here come on, Who, uh, here come. Yeah, here, come on. Yeah, it's trying to get active. Here, come on. Who will augment our loves? For in this love to divide is not to take away. So in taking away, it, to dividing is not to take away. As in sharing this love rather than the exclusive love is not taking anything away, it's adding to. It's a bit complex, but C.S. Lewis is a bit deep and wordy. Does that make sense? Everybody there? It doesn't take away. Dividing or sharing friendship does not take away from it. It adds to it. It builds it because there's that interaction. Shared life together. Uh, people on a mission. The disciples on a journey. Maybe friendships together, sharing what you do together. This is great. So I would encourage you that friendships, close friendships, are also built with one another, not just one friendship face-to-face. -face. I'm not saying you can't ever have a meeting in a coffee shop face-to-face. -face. That's okay. That's all right. But I'm saying that side-by-side -side with, with a number of friends actually builds and helps and, and enriches those friendships. Um, I uh, had the chance to play tennis with Vladimir. Vladimir is from Ukraine. He's a, a pilot who's joined um, us at Mosaic. And um, I, I used to play tennis, and this year I was planning on, right, I'm going to get back into tennis. And uh, I had a, uh, a pack of balls or a tin of balls that I was given for my birthday, and I had not used them yet. I had my racket that had a grip that was used when I was about 14, and it was totally uh, disintegrated. And then Vladimir comes, and he says, I play tennis. I was like, I, I play tennis too. I'm like, uh-oh, that was a dangerous thing to say. But he's like, okay, let's play tennis. I'm like, well, great. So I uh, managed to find the balls that was given to me <laughs> on my birthday, and I got, ordered a grip um, from Amazon. And uh, sorry, not a small independent retailer as last time. I did really well on that, but this time... It was from Amazon. Anyway, and uh, I, I remembered how to do my grip tape up. It's very good. And, uh, and then went to play tennis with Vladimir. And it was a great afternoon. I won't tell you what transpired or who won. Um, all I can say is that he was a very good coach. And uh, I appreciated his wisdom. And also, I will say something else. I ate from the head of my, this arm right the way down my side and all the way down to my feet for the rest of the week. But the shared interest... The thing we like to do together is actually build a French, just that one tennis game. I learned more, lots about Vladimir. We're going to play again, hopefully this time with a different outcome. But we have joined together. There's a friendship that's grown because we shared something together. 
This is important for friendships that we do that. Jesus had, as I said, many friends and close friends. And uh, actually, there's an interaction between our friends um, that we have over our lives. And, and Jesus only had three years to build those friendships. But we often uh, have longer than that. Um, the hard thing about sometimes the mobility and moving around in the Western world is that we uh, have to move away from friendships. And whilst we can be in contact, we only maybe see them once in a while. But they're still so valuable and important uh, to us. Um, I, Matt, as you know, was um, away on holiday in the U.S. Um, for a few weeks, um, and he came back to share about some of the things that he'd been up to, uh, one being visiting the Bible Museum, which is a very interesting museum to, to visit. The other thing was, uh, one of the things he shared with me was being able to meet up with four of his really close friends that actually they'd never been able to meet up together in one place before. But during the course of Matt's life, they were very instrumental. They'd met each other, and at different times they'd had uh, interaction with each other. But the lifelong friendships that Matt had was being able to be built together and then actually have a chance to meet in a place and enjoy just sharing, catching up, sharing good times and what was going on. And, and he said how precious that was. And there is a preciousness, isn't there, about close friendships over years um, that are being built. And I think it's really important that we include others in those. Not just one, but we have multiple friends together. Second thing I want to talk about is help them find strength in God. This is the second bit of practical information. Um, David was in a real mess. This is King David. And uh, he was on the run because King Saul was, was after him. He basically didn't like David at all because David was the young uh, warrior who'd won battles and the people adored him. And Saul was very jealous and was threatened. And so he sought to uh, destroy David to prevent him from um, taking the throne. Um, but David had a friendship, ironically, with Saul's son, Jonathan. And uh, we don't have lots of description, but we know there was a real close bond, a real friendship uh, between them. And at the point where David was most hemmed in, most distraught, most, uh, most just away from everyone because he'd hidden in the desert of, of, of Horab or Horesh. Um, Jonathan finds a way without his father's knowledge to come to David. And so Jonathan, David's friend, comes to David to encourage him, to be a friend to him. Um, very challenging knowing it's his father who is causing this distress. And the Bible records what he did. And it says this in 1 Samuel 23, 16. And Saul's son Jonathan went to David at Horish and helped him find strength in God. And for me, this has been one of, the, one of my favorite verses on friendship and a real verse that describes what close and true friends do. In that, they help us to find strength in God. They lead us to God. And so friendships are one that help us engage with God, that don't allow us to, to drift, that are there to help us find strength in God. And interestingly enough, I was thinking about our um, re, uh, uh, not res resilience series. I was going to say resistance, but resilience series. And one thing that we didn't actually talk much about is how important friends are for being resilient. 
For us to be resilient, we need to have our friends to help us be resilient. It's not all I have it. I know we were talking about this resilience comes from the deep well within, from drawing upon God's strength. But actually, we need our friends to help us to draw on that strength from God. So friendships are really critical for our resilience, for our strength. Because when we go through challenging, difficult, awful times, we need our close friends. And actually, they are the ones who step up. They are the ones who draw near. They are the ones that walk side by side for a walk when all you can do is cry. They're not necessarily the ones who are going to give you that bit of advice to make it better. They're the ones who walk with you and allow you to speak and share and grieve and say all sorts of things that they, you, they know you're not being serious, but you are saying it from the heart. It's from the hurt. From the hurt, not from the heart. And so this is really important that we, um, that we, sh- that we help each other find strength in God. This is a hallmark, as it were, of, of Christian close friendship that we're leading each other to Jesus. It says in Proverbs 17, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born in a time of adversity. Or another version says this, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in times of need. And it's important that we're empathetic, that we have tact, as it were. I know sometimes friendship can be a bit direct, and sometimes we need some empathy. We need to, uh, to remember that they are hurting, and they need our help, and we need to help them find strength in God, knowing when to comfort, not trying to make it better. Proverbs 27.9 says, Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart. And the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Isn't that great? The imagery of incense and perfume. Who doesn't like a nice perfume or smelling good with, with Axe body spray? No? There's something nice about that. There's something joy. There's something pleasantness about perfume. And it's like that with, with a friend from their heartfelt advice. Advice that helps and draws alongside and secures and strengthens. Oh, they are precious, close friends who do that. Thirdly, wounds from a friend. Proverbs 27.6 says this, Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. We need loyalty from our close friends. We've seen that. We need empathy. But we also need candor. Now, that's another C.S. Lewis word. Candor. Candor, the quality of being open and honest and frank. That directness, that authenticity, that vulnerability, that real speaking the truth in love. We need that in close friends. So if you're thinking, how do I develop or build a close friendships? To do that, you often need to tell the truth, even if it hurts. We need to be the wo- give wounds that are from a friend. What do I mean or what does it mean by that? I think it's saying that sometimes we'll have to say something to our friend that uh, is hard to say, something that no one else will say maybe, things you've observed and uh, maybe patterns of behavior that you are not consistent with who you know your friend to be or what you know that together you're wanting to be like, which is like Jesus. It's, it's kind of out of kilter with that. And sometimes it means that you have to challenge them or bring that to their attention. And often it's hard to do, but I've found that sometimes if you are able to 
say what you've observed without bringing judgment, as in, oh, you're doing this because of this, aren't you? That's not, that's not what candor is. That's kind of judging them and saying, right, you need to sort this out. What it's saying is, I've, I've noticed you're doing this. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Last time we were with, I saw you doing that. Or, whoa, where's that from? That ability to, to say, it's like, wow, why, whoa, whoa, where was that from? It's kind of in the moment, real time, when they say something, you're just like, oh, where, where was that from? But it's also sometimes thought through and remembered and kind of considered. I've been noticing this pattern that just, it doesn't figure out. So you bring it to them and you say with candor and honesty and frankness, this is what I've been seeing. What, what's going on? Is this, are you all right? What's, what's happening? Does that ring any bells for you? And then it gives them a chance to say, ah, you know what, actually, I was hoping you wouldn't ask or oh, thank you for asking. There's a depth that comes and is built. And from that interaction, there can, can come the strength that you can bring from your friendship where you can speak into it, you can help them, you can pray for them, you can walk together in it, you can say, would you hold me to that because I'm really struggling. So that wound can lead to real healing and friendship, close friendship is something where that has its, its place and is really important. So if we want to build decent, not decent, if we want to build deep and close friendships, wounding is part of that process. A Proverbs word, a Bible word, wounding your friend but we know that those are not the kisses of an enemy. Those actually bring healing and depth and life together. Again, I think we could say perfume and incense bring joy to the heart, and the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. So sometimes encouragement and good things, but also wounds and challenges are also that smell of fragrant perfume. They build and they're so sweet when you know someone's got my back. They're not going to let me fall and skew off to the side. They want me together to be like Jesus and to grow in our faith. To finish up with, I just want to highlight uh, a friendship that is really a, a Leeds friendship, could I say. It's, our, it's our, a story of friendship that we kind of own as a city because it's, so, um, it's got so much press and it's, it's uh, so, um, so uh, what's the word, um, visible. And that is of uh, Kevin Sinfield and his friend Rob Burrow. Um, this has been in the news all over the world. This came from CNN, Kevin Sinfield. Carrie's friend and former teammate, Rob Burrow, across Leeds Marathon finish line. And I think in this picture, you have a picture of deep, close friendship. There's them as their former teammates for Leeds Rhinos, and there they're, they're playing together. And here is Kevin carrying Rob across the finish line due to his condition. And uh, Rob, um, I mean, there's just a very powerful uh, image. Um, after that, he gives him a big, plants a big kiss on his cheek, not a punch, a big smack on his cheek. And it was just a really powerful moment. And this is, this is Kevin laying down his life, literally, for his friend Rob. I mean, he has been doing ultra marathons, marathons. I think he did like how many in a row every day? I mean, his body, he's been spending himself to raise money and support for his friend and for his friend's condition and to make it known around the world. This love is powerful and our kind of own example of friendship, which I think we're all proud of being in Leeds and associated with that, the city, Leeds Marathon, this friendship that was beamed around the world. Um, but this laying down his life for his friend is, takes its cue and is rooted in another 
friend who laid down his life, and that is Jesus. He is the ultimate friend. And it says in John 15, 12, 13, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. If I could have the band come back up, that would be really great as I finish. You may be here and you don't know Jesus. You've heard of him and you've, you've heard the stories. You know he's a, a decent guy. And uh, I don't know what you know of him. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus is an awesome friend. And he is a friend to sinners. And that's another word that C.S. Lewis will use, and often we don't use a lot in church, but we know that when, before we meet Jesus, we're lost and we're sinful and we're broken and we can't make the grave. We're not able to get to God. We feel that guilt and shame. And God had an answer to that problem, and that is that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for our sins, to take that guilt and shame and sin upon himself at the cross. He was punished for our sins. He was the substitute who bore our sinfulness. And so God placed on his son all the things that we had done, and he bore our sin. He became a substitute for us, and he was sacrificed. He, was, he died on the cross that thou the power of sin in our lives might be broken. So when we turn to Jesus as a savior, we say, I am sorry, I have sinned, I am shameful, I am guilty. We receive his forgiveness and everlasting life. That's the great transferation, that's the great transfer, the great exchange, that we exchange our sin and lostness for Jesus' righteousness and relationship with God. He was the friend of sinners and he laid down his life for us. The ultimate expression of friendship. One that I don't know about you, sometimes I consider, would I be prepared to do that for someone else if it came to that moment? What a profound existential moment that would be. Jesus laid down his life for us. He gave his life. He allowed himself to be crushed and killed so that we might receive life. This is the gospel. This is the wonderful news of Christianity. That while we were lost, Jesus came and gave us his life, his forgiveness, and his salvation. And now we have a relationship with God. We are now friends with God. Jesus says, I no longer call you enemies. I call you friends. Isn't that wonderful? Friendship is at the heart of the gospel. Friendship with God. And Jesus, in all these practical examples of how we can build a closer friendship, a deeper friendship, the shared interests, shared friends, the um, next one, which was, anybody remember? Second one? Second point? Oh. Yeah, I'm asking for the second point. Helping them find strength in God. Third point. Wounds of a friend. All those things, underpinning all that, is love. Giving of yourself, laying down your life, thinking of others more highly of yourselves. And that love is only possible because of the love that God has poured out in our hearts. True friendship receives and draws from the true love from God. And so as we close, 
I want us to just stand up and we're going to have an opportunity to remember this sacrifice that Jesus made for us. We're going to take communion. We're going to sing and then we're going to be able to celebrate this incredible love. And I want Jesus to be lifted up in our hearts and minds as we come to him. So let's stand up and let's sing this together.